What's up, y'all? Welcome to Over the Top. On today's episode, we've got a little something different in the early part of the show since we'll be talking about the mighty, mighty Carabao Cup final. Uh, But we also have to talk about some of my personal club's recent successes. Sorry, Justin, just got to do it to him. Uh, So it looks like it'll be a lucky episode for me. You know, you got to take the wins that you can. Uh, Let's dig into it. I've got my man Justin here. How are you doing, sir? It's not by choice, really. We were kind of what's the word forced into this game because this week's slate wasn't the sexiest. Mm -mm. I don't mean to be kicking you, you know, but at the end of the day, let's not put them too high on the pedestal. It's more about the other team that they played. You know, I I wish I could argue against that, but I'm looking at the XG right now and I think it says a lot. I mean, we'll talk about it more, but I can't really argue. We're not even leading with the Premier League today. The Carabao Cup, that was not on our agenda going into this weekend. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to lead with the Carabao Cup. People say this trophy doesn't matter, but all trophies matter, right? Except the Community Shield, that truly doesn't matter. Yeah, truly doesn't matter. Seems to matter to Manchester United fans. So, uh, you know, put some respect on the Carabao. Some Arsenal fans claim the Community Shield successes, too. Oh, do they? I'm not I'm not familiar. Oh, you know, I don't think you associate with that crowd. But yeah, let's get into it. So Carabao Cup, Manchester United 2, Newcastle United 0. Kyle, proven right again, Newcastle, total frauds, as you've said all season. <laughs> I don't have this vendetta against Newcastle. Right? I mean, I'm I'm down to keep it going for the clicks and all that, uh, just because, you know, that's where my mind is at. But yeah, come on, I'm not that much of a hater. I'm hater light. How about that? Hater light. Okay. But regardless, I, I, to be completely honest with you, I didn't think Newcastle did that much, really. No. Didn't really threaten too much. I mean, yes, they had good players out there, but just the first half, I thought, killed them off, right? I mean, Marcus Rashford just scintillating form. Casemiro gets in on the action. Doesn't have the galls to really celebrate that hard in the Carabao Cup. He's played in Champions League finals. What are we doing in this this Carabao Cup? But it doesn't matter. doesn't matter because they breathe him aside. That hmm. was comfortable, right? It was comfortable. It was a comfortable win. And at the end of the day, Manchester United, they're humming, man. They're humming. Mm -hmm. They're ahead of schedule. And some crazy people out there still say they're in the mix for the Premier League title. I don't think that. <laughs> but I think they're well on their way to next year, very much being in the uh, in the conversation. I mean, look, this was like the, the, the battle between the two teams that are way ahead of schedule. And you get a trophy if you're more ahead of schedule on the other one. You know, it's kind of like a litmus test for... The years to come, in a sense, although I don't see like Man City going anywhere. And I'm sure Chelsea will find their way back from their little disaster. But those allegations against City. And for those of you that right. were, were an audio podcast, so I was doing the quote unquote allegations because there are some, but they've never mm-hmm. been held accountable ever. Yeah. And pretty much only Chelsea has ever been held accountable, weirdly enough. For when they played all stuff. the young guns. Yeah. Under Frank Army Lampard. came back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The making of Mason Mount, who, I mean, we'll actually, get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll that's get there. an interesting talking point. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But uh, yeah, I just, I thought it was pretty easy from United. I mean, I felt like there is this 10 minutes period where they just hit him with the one, two back to back goals and they just kind of mm-hmm. coasted. And it's what I would have done the same. And I mean, I think as far as the actual game goes itself, there isn't all that much to talk about. It's more of just like the narratives going into the game was interesting. Like Newcastle. Okay. If you want to talk about a team that hasn't won anything, Newcastle, it's literally been like 60, <laughs> 70 years legitimately. <laughs> and this is a long suffering uh... fan base. Massive club was so nearly there in the nineties. And then Manchester United, what they haven't won. in is it like six years, seven years? And, um, even though people say the care about doesn't really matter. I mean, this is this was a huge game regardless for both of these clubs. And in a sense, that made it appealing, even if the game itself wasn't all that interesting. Yeah, and I'm probably being a little too harsh on Newcastle. I mean, they did have a lot of the ball 
almost out of necessity because United were up 2-0 going into halftime. And they did have some shots, but they were just toothless. They didn't really threaten yeah. the goal. David, they gave David De Gea what their shootout record was that the previous game. Recently, David De Gea got like the clean sheet record for mm. Manchester United. But really, wow, that's surprising me. Over Pish Michael. Uh huh. Wow. Okay. Huh. What do we think of Marcus Rashford? We've said over and over again that this guy's in scintillating form. Do we continue to believe that, or is this guy just turned a corner and he's world class? That's interesting. I, I think solely because Marcus Rashford was so in the doldrums for one to two years. Like I, I just want to see him continue this form or some even form even close to this for a little bit more longer to say he's world class. But I'll go as far to say he's the most informed player in the world. I mean, I do believe that. And that's quite a statement because Napoli is still a soccer team. Right. Well, I mean, it's funny because I, I was talking about this on one of my group chats this weekend. I mean, I guess first I should say I do think Manchester United is also one of the most informed teams in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think both Rashford and United, Rashford is the most informed player in my book, and United is like only behind Napoli. And the only t- players who can maybe argue over Rashford are Napoli players. Uh, like, I can't really think of anyone else. Holland isn't on his no. insane form anymore. I mean, he's not been bad, you know, he, no matter what the papers will tell you or social media or whatever. But, um, I mean, I don't know. Rashford is just so in the doldrums, uncharacteristically so for a while. So I want to see it a little bit more. But who doesn't like Marcus, you know? Oh, as a person, Everyone. I don't think anyone dislikes or roots against Marcus Rashford. I think, you know, you do if you're a Liverpool fan and whatnot, but you don't hate the guy. Or I don't know how you could unless you're a terrible person. You have to be a really salty Liverpool yeah. fan. And even then, I feel like most Liverpool fans don't hate him. Yeah, I think, you can, root, I think you can separate rooting against the player when you're playing right. him versus not liking the guy. I could see not liking Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, just because mm-hmm. of the polarizing personality is why I brought that up. But yeah. at the end of the day, I think the answer is somewhere in the middle, right? I think he's turned a corner. I wouldn't say he's world-class yet, but he's clearly right the tier under that right now, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. And it's only just based off of like his form has fluctuated wildly in his career. Right. And, but beyond, you know, based on what you're seeing right now, I mean kind of hard to argue i mean i've i think rashford has always kind of had flaws in his game like i don't know how technical he is i don't know you say that but did you see that goal that he scored he started off with the like this heel flick thing that's true like kind of like elastico yeah not elastico it was in the air it was in the air though yeah i mean he's like dynamite and his x factor is insane but like first touch interplay i mean it's not bad it's just like is it world class or do you need to have every like tool in the toolbox to be a world-class player i don't think you do so i don't know i don't know i'm i'm being more and more impressed uh fred getting a couple starts in a row for united he was the mosquito as aaron ten hogg said against barcelona and frankie young he was really good against barca i gotta say you know we say manchester united one of the most informed teams they barely squeaked by barcelona who are la liga leaders by a good margin so that's no i mean but barcelona were also didn't make the knockouts of the champions league so you know I mean, look, a lot has been said about Barca, and I know this is a Premier League pod and all that, and people trash on Barca. I also think Barca is one of the more informed teams in the world. I, I don't know what happened in the Champions League. Bizarre. And then it was weird because I think the United-Barca matchup in the Europa League was actually more exciting than any of the Champions League draws in this weird, bizarre way. I don't know. I yeah. mean, uh, trying I to mean think, like, how what... it played out. Yes. I mean, on paper, Liverpool Madrid was really good, but yeah, I guess, I guess we've been, I, we've talked about Liverpool at length and you're right though, just purely on paper. But like after talking about Liverpool so much, I'm just like, man, mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm. they're going to get spanked by Madrid and that's exactly what happened. But <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know this just, I don't know about you, but this match felt kind of easy for united i mean it's weird i just looked at the stats and united had 38 percent possession 
Right. And it's weird because Ten Hag comes in with this reputation of possession base and United have shown that, but I'm seeing like a flexibility in Ten Hag's approach that has been surprising me. So I don't know. What do we, where, what is the grade for Eric Ten Hag's progress report? Cause like clearly he's passing with flying colors. I mean, am I the only one who sees it that way? Am I getting too far ahead of myself for just the itty bitty Carabao cup? If I'm grading, you know, he's turning in his thesis and what he's Mm -hmm. done for Manchester United in this current season, giving him a 95, a not Mm -hmm. an a plus an a, I think an a is solid. Great job. 4.0. Move on. Yeah. I think I'd give him an a plus. Not going to lie. I I only give him an a plus if he started off the season, not losing every game for no, but other than that, and that's not all his fault, but you know, I think that's the only knock and there's lots of problems. And it's not all Aaron, Eric Ten Hag, but I think that prevents him from getting at a hundred percent. How long ago does that four nil opening day loss to Brentford seem? So long ago. I mean, I just remember I was in an airport watching that game and I couldn't believe it. We were in the group chat. Oh, two nil. Oh, three. Oh, four to Brentford. It was pretty wild insane yeah and then they went and beat arsenal like two weeks later but i think if you like purely look on paper and the points and all of that and how united are performing i see what you're saying but like at, from a manager managing players kind mm-hmm. of perspective like the cristiano ronaldo situation is like surely one of the most like difficult situations a manager can mm-hmm. and and like the whole of the internet is just gonna like people are going to be foaming at the mouth if you drop Cristiano Ronaldo, like a 37-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo. Which, I mean, one of the most famous people on the planet. Uh, yeah, not footballers, like people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, highest grossing, I'm pretty sure. Like the image, yeah, everyone, people don't know anything about soccer. All know Cristiano Ronaldo. Probably go on his modeling career afterwards or whatever the hell. But to like identify Ronaldo is like, okay, he's... Because last season, Ronaldo was not the problem. But to identify as him as like, okay, something's a little different now. He's not playing for the team. And then to actually drop him and then force him out. I mean, Eric, big balls. I mean, seriously, the, just, I don't know. I'm really impressed. And even though like Conte is my manager, there's part of me that I'm like, could add Ten Hag. I don't know. Which is, I feel crazy for saying, because Conte is just world class. So. I'm super impressed. Makes me upset that I'm having to compliment Manchester United this much, but you got to give them their flowers when they do it, you know? What's why I'm hesitant on United getting any higher than third this season is they do have a lot of games. They're in the Europa gauntlet. Ten Hag doesn't really have the ability to rotate his squad like he wants to. A lot of the starters play, and they will play in the Europa League. Bruno Fernandez is probably going to play. Probably going to have Lissandra Martinez in there. Yeah, you might get Aaron Juan Basaka in there, but they're going to get a lot of starters are mm-hmm. playing. Just got to play Harry Maguire. Nah, he, by the he, way, was, he was subbed on. By the way, I just have to comment. It was so weird for me to see lifting the trophy was weird because it was Maguire and I can't remember who else. De Gea, maybe? I don't, I don't know. But Harry Maguire was one of the people who lifted the trophies. And I know he's the captain, but that's just, that's weird for me. You see know. him totally ghost the Glazers, though? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. We talked the... about that the, the previous pod. If you want to talk about, or if you want to listen to ownership stuff, go listen to our previous one. Yep. What I will say, though, is... Uh, Harry Maguire ghosting the Glazers is his best performance that I've seen in years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else on Newcastle? I think we've covered United pretty well. I mean, Newcastle, I don't really have any big prediction. They they play City uh-huh. next. So, right. you know, probably a loss, right? I mean, anything other than that's a bonus for them. But after that, and I expect that, after that, they need to get it in gear, I would say. Yeah, yeah I think uh, as far as the Premier League goes, I think Newcastle has something like one win in seven. Uh, and if it's not one win in seven, it's it's something in that ballpark. I mean, it's been a while, not a ton of losses, mostly just draws. Uh, I mean, I've already said they're I thought they were underwhelming on the day, but 
If I'm a Eddie Howe or a Newcastle player, I'm not too upset because the fact remains that Newcastle are still so far ahead of schedule and Eddie Howe is still probably who I'd go for for manager of the season uh, as it currently stands. I mean, it's probably these are the two managers that I think are duking it out for it, in my opinion, personally. You don't think Arteta deserves any shout? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, Arteta's got to be in the discussion. Sorry. that's That sounded like a really Spursy uh, exclusion, <laughs> and I got to call it out. <laughs> I still would probably give it to Eddie Howe, though. I mean, to go from last place in what, December? In last, last January, season? whatever. Yeah, December, January, I mean, they were 19th, essentially, to where they are now. I mean, one that's of the, one of the best teams during that. What are they, third or fourth in that span? Right. Like, I mean, that's absolutely insane with a squad that I still don't think is anywhere close to where the ownership wants it to be. And like Eddie Howe is just getting them to, you know, completely outperform. So we'll get to our manager ratings in a couple months, but I think just he won't win or be in our top two. But I think Marco Silva deserves a nice shout. I mean, what he's done with Fulham is pretty remarkable. The team that we had at the bottom of the table, whether 17th or 18th, and they're sitting in sixth right now. Totally and they'll finish agree. top 10, and that's fantastic. And they're good. Totally agree. And they're I actually think, good. Uh, I think Thomas Frank probably also gets into the discussion. Brentford manager, I wouldn't put him ahead of Marco Silva, but like, or even maybe Deserby. I mean, yeah. What do you, yeah. Brighton, the team that can't score goals and suddenly free, free scoring. Mm. What mm. was the what was the theme between Chelsea and Brighton? Huh. Yeah, I wonder. Well, speaking of Chelsea, they went to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And did not score a goal. They lost 2-0. And I, as much as I want to focus on Chelsea and bash them, I've done that a lot. So props to Spurs. You know what? This is a team that can't, for for the life of them, cannot beat Chelsea. And no. they did it. They right. beat the bogey team. The boogeyman. First time in five years, I think it was. It's been a long time. Long time coming. I mean, look, even though I'm a Spurs fan... I feel like with Spurs on this game, we got to get out of the way and just like give them the tempered credit that they deserve. Cause I don't think Spurs are the main story here by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, just got to say you were, you were saying off air, Harry Kane, he's having mm. a quietly good season. Yes. And, and the I'm the one that quiet. admitted that it's only quiet because Erling Holland is just, I mean, on on record breaking form, you know, House Targaryen is truly in the Premier League, but uh, Kane's got what eighteen goals mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point in the season. It's not even March. I mean, it will be March when any of you are listening to this episode. But uh, Kane, you know, I, I don't think he's putting in ten out of ten performances, but solidly like eight out of ten every game. Um, and I gotta say, uh, Rodrigo Bensoncore, when he went down injured, out for mm-hmm. the whole season. I think every Spurs fan feared the worst, especially with uh, Basuma also going down for about three months. But the young guys are really stepping up. And I'm Oliver Skip, I've always been a fan of, uh, even before the goal. But like, man, as a Spurs fan, I haven't celebrated a goal that hard in a very long time, mostly because I, one, hate Chelsea, two, we never beat Chelsea, but three, the Oliver Skip, who like somehow looks like he's 18 and 45 years old at the same time, uh, hidden an absolute banger. By the way, look at his face. Tell me that uh, that statement is no. True. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, look. Obviously, I'm I'm hyped, and I was like basking in the glory all weekend. But you reminded me before this episode even started that this game was actually incredibly boring. And it was. I can't argue. Can't argue against that. It was a snoozer. I mean, especially the first half, at least the second half had some goals and bangers and et cetera, but wow, it was so boring. Yeah. 0.7 XG Spurs against 0.4. Is it a testament that Eric Dyer led defense allowed 0.4 XG? Is it, what does that say? (laughs) Really? I don't know. This is a Tottenham team that allowed like four freaking goals against Leicester. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know where it is now, but like three games ago, in terms of goals conceded, they were like 15th in the table. But Chelsea, yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, sure they're in the bottom half still. But I yeah. mean, where are Chelsea in terms of goal scoring? It's probably in a similar position. Oh, know? goal scoring. They're awful. Yeah. One they're... goal in the whole month of February. Oh, in the Premier League, should say. 
I think in all of February, honestly, because in the Champions League, they didn't score against Dortmund. Right. He should have scored. He should have scored. Boys. Just... Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, yeah, they're in the bottom half, but they're right in there. They have six more goals than Everton, who have scored the least. in the. So it's all bunched together down there. But mm-hmm. it's pitiful, man. Anything else I want to say about Spurs? I don't know. Really. You wanted to bring up this ridiculous thing about i was joking (laughs) i was joking but i I will say it's a fact Uh when conte's been out they have not lost a game yeah it's true christian stellini uh caretaker man not caretaker his conte's assistant uh and spurs at spurs is four and oh and i think he has like three wins under the belt in italy too under inter so christian stellini seven and oh as a manager Who's managing the FA Cup game tomorrow? Uh, it's unclear. Like, there are murmurings that Conte may be back. I personally don't think he'll be back. Okay. I think it'll still be Stellini. Well, then you should breeze over Sheffield then. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Stellini's the man, apparently. No, look, anyone who says Conte out is just trying to get clicks on social media. Come on, don't fall into that. But uh, what I will say, though, is like... I've been burned by Spurs so many times. I don't always think about them, but like it does feel like that Leicester loss, which was horrible. Eric Dyer with one mm-hmm. of the worst performances I've ever seen. It's feeling like that Leicester performance is more of a blip because say mm. quietly, I mean, I'm sure they lost to Milan in the Champions League, uh, but they've won two London derbies back to back. They're on good form. And now uh, their next couple games... They've got, I mean, again, I could be burned, but they've got kind of a cakewalk schedule. Just got to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wolves, Southampton, Everton, all away, though. It's true. So You know they're, you know how Spurs are. They're probably going to choke here and there. Right, exactly. Here's the deal. Back-to-back 2-0 wins for Spurs. Back-to-back sun off the bench. Mm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's had a little bit of an issue recently. But he's still playing, so that kind of surprised me. But I don't know. Yeah, you know, he came on and looked good. What last game against West Ham, right? He scored, right? Or assisted. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, I remember him looking good. But he scored, yeah. I think Richarlison just adds a little bit. That son does a little bit of tenacity, especially coming back. Right. That's what I noticed in this game. But, you know, yeah. I don't want to be too... I don't want to take anecdotal opinions and apply them to the whole season. I just, yeah, I don't know. I li- I like switching it up a little bit because Sun wasn't doing anything. Me starting. too. I mean, that's my main point. It's not about like, look, Sun is my personal favorite Spurs player, and I wanted him to be dropped just because, like, I don't want players playing off a reputation. If you perform poorly at all the big clubs, you will be dropped. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Pep, Pep's not even afraid to sit KDB, which is wild. Right, or just like chuck uh, Jao Cancelo out the window, which, what what a madman. I mean, Bayern might be the best team in the world right now, but Mm. Chelsea, not the best team in the world right now. Jesus, what a mess. I mean, we talked about this like a week ago, and I feel like we need to talk about it again, and I don't know what else we can add, but... I don't know. I I feel like I'm harping on it so often this year. It's so infuriating, the lack of innovation that the squad has lack of creativity drive even motivation urgency insert word here lack of besides a couple young players like Badashia I think is going to be pretty talented and I think Tiago Silva is playing his ass off but besides that I've been super underwhelmed by everyone everyone Mm -hmm. Kai Havertz sucks Let's start there. Yeah, man. Fucking I mean, blows. How is he still playing striker? In the like, moment where... when Aubameyang starts getting dressed in this game and then never comes on, I'm like, Potter, <laughs> well, he came on, right? I don't. Did he? Yeah, 83rd minute. But okay. yeah, it, it wasn't 80... noticeable. <laughs> it took 83. Look, I mean, Aubameyang looks like a dead player to me, but like, which is wild. But I mean, Havertz just offers you nothing like at least i'm not seeing anything maybe it's just like he's not a good fit for the league or something because he's not the most intense or the team player yeah. or something but like i also got to say for how uh highly regarded he was too mason mount man I, 
came off the bench in this game and didn't provide much. He was awful. I thought he was awful. And I think he's been awful all season. And it's really surprising because like, I've always thought he's had like blips in his game and stuff. And, you know, he lacks some technical ability, but like, I always thought he brought value, but in the last year, I just don't know what's going on. Mason Mount, all my Chelsea fan friends are saying the same thing and they've all been Mount stands. So it's kind of weird to see the fall from grace. I know you're not biased at all, but if Mason Mount's Premier League career ended today, who had the better career, Mason Mount or Deli Ali? It's weird because I think Delhi hit higher highs, but also much lower lows. Yeah, the end. Like was the lows of Delhi were horrible. And I don't think Mount has been that bad. Like it looks like Mount can pass a ball for one. You know what I mean? <laughs> and can still hit a strike if he gets in the right position. Oh man. But uh I mean, look, I'm not ready to give up on Mount, but it's just like it's surprising. And then he's trying to like get a massive pay grade right now on his contract. And I'm like, dude, now is not the time. Like I it's really mm-hmm. weird to me. Yeah, Mason Mount's bad. I thought Ziek was terrible. Terrible. Sterling, terrible. Yeah, less terrible, but still really terrible. I thought Enzo was bad, but I thought he was better than the other players. Oh, yeah. Enzo had a terrible clearance that led to Skip's goal, though. So yeah. maybe bad. In fairness, uh, I think it was Enzo's first bad performance, though. Like, I think he's been really promising. He's been pretty but, solid, yeah. But, uh... Chelsea's midfield got dominated. Uh, Mudrik has come on. Mudrik hasn't done much in the Prem yet. I mean, I'm not ready to throw in these. The whole no. Chelsea's a fuck fest right now and yeah. clearly has talent. But maybe when you're not playing 38-year-old Ukrainian dudes, you're not as good. I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing people forget about the Ukrainian league this year. I mean, obviously, like, everyone's hoping for the best in that situation. But, like, pretty much all of the non-Ukrainian players, like, immediately dipped out understandably so mm-hmm. although he definitely showed it in champions league because i remember him tearing oh tearing yeah destroyed madrid so he's shown flashes i'm not ready to be there yet Madueke has shown flashes even though he hasn't played much but there's just i mean we got to talk about graham potter but like my segue is going to be <laughs> ruben loftus cheek it's weird to me that ruben loftus cheek still plays for chelsea and then he started in this match i i don't I don't really understand. Like he, it's kind of like watching San- Davinson Sanchez try to become this player, and I'm like, dude, Chelsea fans have been watching him for like eight years. Like, I, he's just not going to hit that level at this point. He's like 26, 27 years old at this point. So, but Graham Potter, just uh, look, I personally am still thinking he needs time, and I would give him time, but like. I said Chelsea fans have to be patient with this, but like they're having to be like incredibly patient because I thought it'd be tricky, but not this bad. Like this is by far the worst Chelsea team I've ever seen. I've never been so comfortable in this match ever. Yeah, they're horrible. They're horrible. How much are they going to spend in the summer? (laughs) Lukaku wants back at Inter, but he Inter do not have an obligation to buy. Actually, they don't have a buy clause at all. If he comes back, is he going to stay? It's another wrinkle. I mean, Italian teams don't have that kind of money. So unless he goes on a... I can see him going on like a two-year loan to enter. Something bizarre like that. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Chelsea Plus, probably I mean, will spend Aubameyang a bunch of money. Is, might leave, probably. I think Pulisic's probably gone. Just depth chart, right? Ziyech, probably gone. Yeah, I mean, he should have been at PSG. <laughs> paperwork issue right I, I just don't know how to fix this team i don't know if it's a manager they just need to get some people out of the locker room and rebuild and reshape having a full off season with graham potter to really get his tactics and change formation for what he wants i feel like he's had enough time to do that personally mm-hmm. it's been six months now do you need to buy like a declan rice to pair with enzo i don't think that's your problem Really? I mean, yeah, I, the, I mean, it's, it's come yeah. down to striker, but it's a lot of, you know, a lot of pressure on that striker to perform. I mean, if Chelsea got Lewandowski two years ago, you know, that would have been nice. Yeah. But I mean, who are strikers out there that like are gettable 
I mean, Osaman Osa, Osa is yeah, going to be expensive, yeah. but he's going to be on the market. Probably Vlaovic. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But uh, even then, like, I don't even know. If that's there aren't that many great, like, number nines in the world right now. But, like, if you think about, you know, I hate to put Harry Kane in the situation, but he's probably also one. Of, I don't think he'll go to Chelsea, but, like, I think of who are top line strikers or potential to be that good that a club can get. And I think of, like, Kane, Osimhen, Vlaovic. I'm trying to think who, who else not really getting anything. I mean, they'll probably try to go get a, I mean, they've got a, what's his name coming to French guy in Kunku. Oh, right. I mean, duh. How do we forget about that? That's going to be right. a big ad for that. That's just going to mess up their whole, cause he kind of plays through the middle for Leipzig, but he's not a striker per no. se. It's more of like the Mbappe role where Mbappe is a striker, but you know, not, I mean, mm-hmm. could work. Yeah. It's a weird uh, one, man. I mean, would you, so if, if you're Todd Woolley, what are you doing about Graham Potter? What's your stance? How long do you oh, wait? Oh, I mean, if I'm Todd Woolley, I'm egotistical as hell, right? Because I forced Tuchel <laughs> out of it. So I, there's no way I'm taking that dent to my <laughs> reputation. And I bring in Potter and I sack him, what, five months, five and a half months later? I just can't do that. Can you believe that Conte Tuchel handshake was this season? <laughs> Oh, man, just Conte's face when that happened. Just classic, classic moment. And then Tuchel just had this, like, grin, like he knew what he was doing. It's a funny moment. But, yeah. Do you, do you give him until the end of the season, no matter what? Yes. I think I probably, so. would. I, I, I I probably think would, too. If you were going to sack him, I would have sacked him earlier. I think you, you've you cemented it now. There, what's the point on sacking him before? I don't think there's a yeah. point to that. No. It's weird because whenever I've asked any Chelsea fan this, they all say, I feel like it's so bad Potter has to go. And I hear that because like it's I, I never thought it'd be this bad. And I can see it getting a little bit worse or like it being another couple games till they get a win. But I just don't see the point in sacking him no matter how bad it is. Because I, I, I feel like he's struggling to manage like 40 players. I mean, that's a lot of players. It's crazy player, crazy amount of players and egos and unhappy people right in that dressing room for not getting playing time so i think it's they gotta do a purge yeah. and after that if they still suck then get rid of them for sure quickly yeah maybe uh, uh they wait until like early october of next year or something right. I mean, that's what i would do like you could pull a nuno and pull the rug under him after like 10 games which <laughs> seems brutal but like potter will definitely have it but that was early in the season though they truly i mean besides champions league which they're still in and they have that zero one deficit against Dortmund, which they could go all out. But if they lose that, which I hope they do selfishly, <laughs> then there's truly nothing to play for and they can play all their young players. They're not making the champions league. So play all the young players, see what they got. And then yeah, departures. Really? That's it. I mean, I don't think they're getting relegated. I, I just, no, 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 dude. <laughs> like anyone who tells you that I'm like, come on, that's crazy. Yeah, my wildest dreams. I mean, this is reality. Come on. They're not serious if they're saying that. No, no. But they need to score a goal not to get relegated. That's true. You have to score some goals. Speaking of score a goal, when you like message the group chat this weekend, if any of you are familiar with the Sounders chants, they're god awful. And you might have heard like the score a goal chant. Score a goal. Well, I died when you sent like, will Chelsea score a goal? Score a goal. (laughs) (laughs) That was after one nil. Yeah, yeah. And they so, didn't look like scoring in like a million years. No. Bizarre. Uh, other matches. I think we're done with this one. I've, yeah. We're just talking in circles about Chelsea. They suck. They're terrible. I mean, what else can we say about them? It's like Liverpool. It's like we can't, we're just repeating ourselves at this point. At least Liverpool are semi interesting. Uh, Chelsea play Leeds next, which is fascinating because Leeds can hardly win games. And Chelsea can't score. So, and Leeds' defense is terrible. So, yeah. That's going to be the true litmus test. God, if Chelsea don't score against Leeds. <laughs> but, uh, you know, got to have faith in uh, the American midfield, you know? Yeah, you know, a lot of hate a little bit on Tyler Adams recently about how he's not a ball-playing midfield, which he never has. So I don't know why that's the surprise. But Where's anyway. the hate coming from? What? English, the English, you know. The English are complaining about a lack of a ball-playing center mid. Have they watched their own players for the past, like, gener- like? <laughs> 100 years i don't know whatever 
<laughs> uh, West Ham beat Forest 4 0. It's kind of a striking scoreline. And all of the goals came in about a 15 minute span in the second half. You know who got the start at striker? Good old boy, Danny Ings. Mm-hmm. Ings, who looks like he's like 50 years old. He's actually like. Talk about age. a guy that. <laughs> Is kind of old, but looks really old. You had that yeah. Ollie Skip, like looks 18 and 45 at the same time. This guy just looks 50. When he was on the come up, he looked 50. The oldest player I think I've ever, like the oldest looking player I've ever seen is not the Japanese guy that's played for a hundred teams and is 56. Mm-hmm. It's actually Charlie Adam. I think. That's, that's exactly who I thought about. <laughs> Charlie Adam looks like he loves to go home and have a good pint. You know what I mean? And it's aged him like 40 years where he looks like he's 60. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Charlie Adam. And this guy was like a premier league soccer player for a while. Uh, Blackpool and Liverpool signed by Liverpool. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know where he went after Liverpool, maybe Stoke, but yeah, he's, he's, he looked so old. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, but, but look, look, we've been saying Danny Ings should be starting. Mikel Antonio, he did amazingly for a number of years, even though he's not even a striker. Although he has hit the odd banger here and there for Jamaica mm-hmm. and, and West mm-hmm. Ham. But uh, Danny Ings finally gets a start. What do you know? He gets a brace. I mean, pretty straightforward goals, but like he's a fox in the box kind of striker. He gets those kind of goals. So, you know, um, Declan Rice also had a banger, but you're right. This game was like very even that I don't know. It was like one, two, three, you know go home punch kind of thing. That was like what they said in my karate class. I don't know why I'm saying that on the podcast, but here we are. Uh, Nottingham Forest. I don't know. Are we, are we worried? Is this game just kind of a weird blip? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, blip maybe a little bit, but I don't think they're that bad. I don't think they're four nil worse than no. West Ham bad. You know, I still think they're going to stay up. Are they going to be in their relegation race? Absolutely. And they're going to need to perform for sure. West Ham are safe. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, my main thing with this game is not that they scored four goals, even though like that's been really rare for this season. Uh, I feel like this is the kind of performance that shows me, and, and they've had other performances recently where this team is fighting for David Moyes because a lot of, there's been a lot of discussion over like he has two or three games left to save his job. You know, this team is not playing well, all of which is true, but uh, I saw a West Ham team going out there to perform for the manager. So if anything, I think that takes a little bit of heat off David Moyes and what West Ham are, where in the, where are they in the table now? I think they're, they're 16th. They're still behind the forest, but I think they're just, uh, just have more talent. Yeah. Yeah, Wolves are getting sucked into that too. So, well, they've been down there though. Wolves have. I mean, yeah, at least true. they've looked a little better under like Lopetegui. Getting sucked back into it. They, I mean, they beat Liverpool and Southampton. They drew at Fulham, which is for our next game right now. They drew at Fulham. So, I don't know. I'm not that concerned about Wolves, to be honest with you. No. I mean, could they get drugged down there? Absolutely. But I don't know. I feel like they've been turned a slight corner with Lopetegui yeah. in charge. No, I agree. The Robbie has coming in and scoring goals. Well, I mean, I don't know about goals plural because with Wolves, it's never goals plural. But uh, (laughs) I mean, they've still got the same issues, but they play a lot better stuff and they've got, you know. I'm just glad I got to live through the era where Raul Jimenez used to score goals. That was a nice era to live in. Mm -hmm. We love Raul here. I mean, it's sad. I mean, he had a terrible injury, head injury. Yeah. Not the same. Yeah, whenever he's scored a goal, he's like ripped off the headgear and everything. You can tell it's totally, totally getting under his skin, and there's some kind of mental block there. It's unfortunate. Uh, as far as Fulham goes, I mean, no, no takeaways. They've been a good team this season. Do they have off days? And sure, is drawing at home against Wolves an off day for Fulham? Sure, and that's yeah, pretty fantastic that that's an off day. I, I mean, mean, I thought this game was even personally, yeah, but it was. I mean, look, we were talking about potential manager of the season candidates, and you know, we often forget how many signings Fulham made, loan mm-hmm. signings, and they really kind of like scraped the barrel a little bit for players. But to like put all that together, and you know, to have Tim Ream playing as well as he—I mean, oh my God, I don't, I don't think it's crazy 
It sounds crazy saying it, but I don't think Tim Ream is that far from the team of the season so far. I cannot believe I'm saying that. He's been that good. Am, am I insane? Like, think about it. Like, I wouldn't put him as a starting starting on the team of the season, but, like, I don't think he's, like, that far away. He might be a top six center back. Which, that's what I, I mean. I can't believe that that's where we're at. At 35 years old, having the Tim season career. We, we shat on Tim Ream, like, two years ago. Yeah, deservedly so. Yep. Uh, Anthony Robinson's made some strides, I will say. He looks he a has. lot better than he did last year. Yep. Uh, Burnt Leno, too. Is having a really good season. Burnt Leno. Burnt. His name sounds like a fart, and I just can't get over that. But <laughs> all right, whatever. Let's move on. Here we are. Everton nil. Aston Villa two is you know quickly an Everton high. You can have beating Leeds. You're so high on yourself, and then you come right back down, losing to Aston Villa. I don't know. I mean, Everton are going to be in this thing all season. Sean Dyche is trying to work miracles, but. Look, they're going to Arsenal tomorrow or when today, if you're listening to the podcast, I I mean, we just saw a miracle against Arsenal not that long ago, right? <laughs> right. So I, I can't say that's not possible, but I, I can't see Arteta's team losing to this team twice. No, I mean, and it's at the Emirates and all yeah, that. And I, just... I mean, as much as I love Sean Dyche and respect him, like he's really just with this squad just having to turn water into wine and you know i still can't believe they tried they didn't sign another striker because calvert lewin is just glass boy and has just been a shadow of him for his former self i mean they got rid of anthony gordon which we both think is not as hyped as he should be but they didn't replace him either so no. i mean the midfield looks okay and the midfield the cent- is probably the best part of this team and the, right. the two center backs are okay Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's their offense. I mean, their striker winger situation is bleak. They've scored 17 goals this season. Yeah. It's just not good enough. That's, yeah. They're, and they play Arsenal, Forest, Brentford, Chelsea, Tottenham, United. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a slog for Everton. And I think they're, they're thick in it. I'll never really advocate for a team to just like go, go full Sam Allardyce and make things ugly. But like, I just think that's, I mean, that's what Sean Dyche will try to do. And I think it's the right move. Cause I just, they lack so much quality going forward. Yeah. Everton, their only priority is to get 17th, get yeah. out of the, make some investments, stay in the premier league, get their new stadium and then try to be. Yeah. That B tier team. Arsenal won, Leicester nil, Leicester suck. I mean, there's not really much to say about this game. Arsenal continue their quest for their Premier League title. Trossard scored an amazing goal that didn't count. Yep. Other than that, I didn't think this game was that noteworthy. Nice goal. You know, Trossard with the mega assist and Mm -hmm. Gabriel Martinelli with a really underrated finish, I think. Like, he slotted that really nicely. Uh, Other than that, I'm trying to... I don't know. Oh, Arsenal... What was notable? Oh, by yeah, the way, yeah. sorry uh, to it. interrupt. Uh, Lester in this game, so I meant to bring up, had 0.02 XG, and I think 100 <laughs> players, I can't remember the stat. It was 100 or 180 players had more XG. The 180 doesn't sound right because 11 uh, doesn't make sense. There were a lot of players that had more XG than the entire team of Lester did. They had one shot at home. How is it negative? xg how does that happen no no 0.02 xg oh 0.02 okay i think you said negative 0.2 or something like that oh that would be funny i mean it felt like it it felt like it at home having one shot one right yeah lesser kind of a mess i mean this isn't this isn't freaking tahiti in the confederations cup this is a premier league team never forget the streets will remember (laughs) tahiti in the confederations cup what do we make of arsenal though i mean where do you stand? Um, I feel like there are two trains of thought here. Arsenal's form as of late has not really been where it's been all season. Or is it like, you know, the best teams, the champions always grind out wins when they don't play well. I mean, I probably tend to err, err on the side of the ladder, but where, where are you at? I think the ladder. Yeah, I think the ladder. I Likewise. mean, they had the loss to City. What, did they, what else happened? They lost to Everton, drew to Brentford. That was their bad stretch, right? But 
Yeah, it's just I don't the, know. their uh, wins have been a lot less inspiring recently. But like again, I think every team goes through this sort of period. It's a long time. season, man. I mean, yep. Arsenal have played a lot of the same players too. So yep. yeah, it happens and they're winning. So you know, like, what? like this yeah. increases the pressure on City, really. So like put it this way, I've been really hesitant for selfish, obvious bias reasons to be like Arsenal or title contenders. Are I mean You'd have to be an idiot to say they're not a title contender. Oh, like they, yeah. they're here. It's March when you're going to be listening to this, and I mean they're there. Like it's it's probably going to go down to the wire, even if City win. Right. It's going to go down to the wire. City need to beat Arsenal again, which they probably will. But you know, there's a lot to go into it still. And it's good for the average uh, fan and the neutral and the Premier League at large to have an actual title race. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of City, uh, they went and smacked Bournemouth around four to one. I mean, I don't know. Everyone got on the score sheet, right? Holland was on the score sheet. Who else was on the score sheet? I, guess, like, I think Foden Alvarez, was, right? Yeah, like two. I think Foden came back from. I don't know where he's been recently, but he scored. He was a little, he was a little hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, Foden was today um, in the hmm. FA Cup. Uh, oh wait, no, he scored. You're right. You're right. Sorry, I was oh, two and two. That. Yeah. <laughs> good for him three and two yeah it's true hmm. yeah i mean yeah. bournemouth suck let's just call it let's call yeah. a spade a spade you know they're down i i don't see how they stay up honestly no. i i don't see it me neither i mean like bournemouth hit some pretty good form there for a little bit city hit some poor form at at, at some point but this is like a standard bournemouth versus city score line i mean it's just easy Holland got yet another goal. Crazy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Nothing really to say about to say. this. Yeah. yeah. Leeds won Southampton nil. This was a big relegation six pointer down here. As we just talked about Leeds back to back and they had, they won one of them, which they absolutely bare minimum needed to do. So they're going to be in the fight as well. It's going to be them. It's going to be Everton and it's going to be Nottingham probably. Yeah. And one of those teams will go down. Yeah, yeah. And uh I guess I guess the manager, I mean this game was super boring, but uh the managers <laughs> in this game was definitely something. This is Javi Gracia's first game, I believe. First game, yep. first win. Mm-hmm. And I think after we last hopped on the podcast, uh Southampton's former assistant manager and caretaker manager has been given the job until the end of the season, which to me reeks of relegation. I don't know. I've just I've had this weird feeling about Southampton all year. A little stinky. Uh it's some some stinky. Hey, but Southampton beat Chelsea. That is true. Southampton are therefore better than Chelsea, right? Is that how it works? And then the Yes. <laughs> and then the outer space game. Wait, yeah, we're bringing this back this week. Lost it. Crystal Palace nil, Liverpool nil. I mean, I don't even know what to say about Liverpool. You get your ass handed to you by Real Madrid. Then you can't score against Palace. Ah. Who was also terrible, by the way. Palace also was terrible. Palace are in a rut, man. This they've been in this rut for like three months now, too. But they're still fine. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't want to see it, even though he's a former Arsenal player. But like you're right, Palace been on some of the worst form in the whole league. I wonder at what point they haven't uh, won in the new year, by the way. Right. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it's been so bad. At what point do you start to question Patrick Vieira? Even though I think he's good for the league, and I like Vieira. And I mean, God, what a player! If he could be half the manager as he was as a player. But this game, I don't even want to say anything more because it'll just leave a bad taste in my mouth. This game is awful to watch. Let's just blast it for all of our sake. That's all we got. That's all we got yeah. this week. Another short one. Next week we have Liverpool United. It's going to be a great game. What else do we have? Newcastle at City that yeah. I will not be watching live because it's 4.30 a.m. Pacific. Mm-hmm. Got some games tomorrow. Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea leads that I mentioned. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost most excited for, because it's weird, Napoli, Lazio, but this is in a Serie A podcast. <laughs> All I will say though is if you're new to the if you're new to watching soccer, go watch Napoli. They are dynamite this season. Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. They got it. Tottenham and Wolves. Uh, it smells like a draw. 
Ah, don't say it, man. Don't say it. Okay. All I mean, right. We, look, we can be done. they We can they end gotta it. they gotta go to Liverpool uh tomorrow. Wolves do. So Yeah, yeah. you know, they they uh also have a short turnaround time and we'll see, but I mean that would just be classic. Well, Tottenham. so do Tottenham, right? They play Sheffield, Yeah. you know, same, same. Be it would be classic Tottenham to go lose lose to Wolves. So Oh, I said draw. Hold on, you get a point. Okay. Draw. It would basically feel like a loss. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right, well, that's it from us. Uh, make sure you subscribe and follow. We'll be back next week to cover all the big matches. And then maybe we'll sneak in a little preview of the second round of the Champions League, too. we got to talk about Chelsea, Liverpool. Who else? Ar- no, not Arsenal. Who else has a deficit? All Tottenham. the English teams. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh. Siri yeah. says they found they found Liverpool had a deficit. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Siri. Yeah, you, they got spanked 5-2. to two. Yeah, I know. City is the one that tied. City doesn't have, but it felt like a loss against Leipzig. So, yeah, yeah those... English teams in the Champions a little precarious. I think City's yes. fine, but the other three, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as a Dortmund fan, where do you think the Chelsea-Dortmund draws go? I think that's the most interesting, personally. Oh, it definitely, because Chelsea obviously should have scored in that mm-hmm. game easily. I think it's going to be a good game. I could see Chelsea making it interesting. I think Dortmund has been, speaking of form, if you're talking about New Year, yeah, Dortmund, Dortmund have not fire. tied or lost in 2022. Wow. They've only won. Mm-hmm. That's, say, transitive properties, but Dortmund's going to score one. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. So Chelsea can needs to score two. Can they score two? I guess that's my question. So you're feeling confident. I'm feeling good. I'm not overconfident, but it, I could see a one-one game incoming. Yeah, I th- I think it's within the realm. I mean, look, I think City will will beat Leipzig, but I think it's within the realm of possibility for all of the English teams except Liverpool to get back in it. You know, I think both Chelsea, Dortmund, oh, yeah. and one, Spurs, one yeah. and Spurs, uh, Milan are totally on a knife edge. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Liverpool. Too much. I know we saw them do do that to Barcelona a couple of years ago, but come on, this is not yes. the same. Team. This is Luka Modric. This is the sh- the Luka Modric show. He doesn't, you know. Plus, Madrid don't do that. They just Vinicius, don't do that. yeah, no. This is a professional side, Madrid. God, I hate Madrid, but like, respect. you gotta respect them. You gotta as, respect as them. soon as you go to Madrid, your balls like double in size immediately. It's just I I don't understand how they do it. Insane. Uh, I mean, you saw that game with Vinicius, the the quick passing between him and Benzema, and then the like the keeper. You knew it was over. Like Benzema yeah. was burying the fifth. You just saw it coming from a mile yeah, that, away. That was just like the first goal, and I'm like, yeah, this is gonna go south very fast. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what happened. So, yeah. uh, anyways, subscribe and follow. We'll be back next week covering some Champions League and the Premier League matches. Until then. Mm-hmm.